Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. We've got a fantastic guest here, but first got to talk about our presenting sponsor and who else? It's BetOnline.ag. And look, all the major sports are in action this week in the holiday season. College football playoffs right around the corner. So BetOnline, it's your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including pro football, NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is only when you go to betonline.ag where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the show. We have a returning guest um, who I should have had back on a while. It's been a while, and it shouldn't be that long. I'm so excited to have him come on back uh, to give you a little synopsis of who he is. He's coming out with a new book. It is out and available now wherever you find your wonderful books or your audio-only books as too as well. The book is called Trek Within, Following Your Inner Compass. Um, this is a publication um, by our guest here today, Rob Sullivan, who served as a catalyst as a successful career for, as a professional speaker and executive coach over the past 15 years. He's delivered workshops all over the world. He's been a repeat guest on television, and now he is a repeat guest here on Bet on Chicago. Rob, how are you today? Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Great to see you again. It's great to see you. Um, I think this is going to be a, a fantastic episode to finish out the year 2023 uh i want to get into a couple of different topics with you but first obviously congratulations on the book a trek within um and if i may ask you um you know i just want to get a little bit into the impetus right the, the easy the easy softball question but when we talk about a trek within and when we talk about a trek or a journey in life um there's always challenges and there's always rewards so uh take your pick door number one door number two um, I just want to hear a little bit about the challenges and rewards of the journey of writing a Trek Within. Well, the challenge was the fact that it took so long. Because like my first book, I wrote in, in less than two years. In fact, the first draft was done in a couple of weeks or months. Um, but this one had a strangely unfinished feeling, even after I had done a lot of work around it. And I just had this feeling that there, were, there was something I hadn't yet experienced that needed to be included and sure enough, that is exactly what happened. And there were a lot of um, little, you know, signposts along the way, if you will. But it, it all pointed back to the fact that you know everything happened in its right time. You know, there are stories in the book that would not have been included had it been done, you know, a year, even a year ago. Uh, so I'm really grateful for that because it's, uh, you know, the 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 opportunity of the whole thing was just the fact that there were so many things that I was raised not raised to believe, but that I've come to accept. And that's really what the book is about, because every chapter has a different topic. So happy to go into as much detail as you want. Yeah, well, I just want to stay on on what you just mentioned there, because I find that really interesting. Now, obviously, I have a lot of friends, and I myself have worked in the entertainment industry for a long time. Um, I had a close friend of mine who just recently finished a music documentary. And it took him, I believe it was 11 or 12 years to finish the project. Uh, the project is called Party Dream. I highly recommend it to anyone who's listening to this episode. But... The, the point that I'm getting at a little bit is that, you know, they really kind of thought that they were done with it about six or seven years ago. Um, it didn't get finished. And then you, as you find out in the documentary, they end up shooting more footage over the course of the last five years that honestly really kind of make this perfect full circle of the piece that they were trying to make. So my question for you is when you were feeling that intuition of, gosh, this maybe just isn't this isn't finished yet. I can understand that there's a feeling of frustration. How do you balance the the intuition of trying to 
walk that path of saying, hey, this isn't finished. I want to try and discover and see what else is out there. To be that seeker, how do you balance that with maybe the frustration of, let's just put it out already. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah, I love that question because, because it is a challenge. And if I sat here and pretended I had all the answers, I'd be lying to you. But what I will say is this that if you do have that inner voice that says, I really, you know, there's something that here that, you know, I, I need to trust, I need to uh, just let it work itself out versus, uh, you know, I'm procrastinating and I'd rather rearrange my sock drawer than actually finish the project, you know, which is a real thing too. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, the voice in your inside is the one that's going to tell you, am I, am I playing around here or is this a legitimate thing. And, and in my case, I knew it was a legitimate thing because there were all these things that happened. In fact, you know, the book, what, what turned out to be the missing chapter was a life-changing event that I had had in the form of uh, uh, tumors a couple of years ago. But interestingly, there was another life-changing uh, health thing that came up three or four years ago that, again, had I released the book five years ago when I thought I was originally going to, that wouldn't have been included. And candidly, it's one of the more powerful examples in the book because I was literally warned in a dream. Uh, I had a dream that saved my life. Let's just summarize it at that. And that was, you know, trusting the waiting part that you were talking about before. You know, that was when I realized, yeah, the, it, it's good that I waited because this is, it was such an important component of the book, even though it's only a couple of pages. And and it's so strange too, is I'm, I'm progressing in my life. I, I turned 40 in a couple of weeks. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. And um, I, I, I continue to find um, patience is more challenging as I'm getting older. Um, what, what is, what, what's up with that? Is that because of the, I, I sometimes feel like maybe it's the outside world trying to push an expectation on me. So if I'm not receiving it in that moment, uh, I'm getting impatient. Um, is, is, that, is that a part of the challenge too, as well through this process? Absolutely. Because, I mean, let's face it, unless we're going to live to 120, the odds are we've got as much behind us as we have in front of us, um, you know, and and so there's that element of, OK, well, if it's going to happen, can we get on with it? <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to let everybody know I'm ready. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> I, exactly. I'm ready to do it. So let's dive into the book, A Trek Within, uh, Following Your Inner Compass. Um, I'd like to open it up to you a little bit just for our, our listeners out there. Um, if you can just explain an easy introduction into um, what you are trying to accomplish with this book and, uh, and a little bit, you mentioned a little bit of the chapters going through it and you mentioned a lot of the aspects, some anecdotal things about your life. Um, just talk to a little bit about, you know, what do we have in store for when we open up or when we listen to a Trek Within? Okay, cool. Um, so it is not, although it's autobiographical, it's not an autobiography. In fact, there are stories uh, and anecdotes from at least 80 different people in the book uh, to demonstrate that this is not just about me. There are things that happen to me, but they're not, it's not about me. Um, and so really what it is, is it's a collection of, you know, for me, the, the journey was being able to look back and see all of these things that lined up in my past that prepared me for the challenges that I've been facing in the last couple of years mm. and things that I would never necessarily have expected. And so each chapter covers a different topic. Uh, so there's a, a chapter on dreams. There's a chapter on uh, 
you know, the, the guidance that we receive from other places. There's a chapter on synchronicities um, and the value of paying attention to that. And so each of these uh, things built on each other and it really, you know, alternative medicine is an example. There's another chapter in that, you know, in uh, Reiki, hands-on healing, that sort of thing. And these are things, like I said, I was not raised to believe in that. My dad was a doc at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. I'm not a poster child for alternative medicine. But the the reality, it, it does, it was something, believe it or not, my dad actually did believe in, and he supported 100% me following that path and pursuing that, because it was just something that, well, first I was led to do it, but also, you know, like the very first diagnosis that I got was narcolepsy, which is a sleep disorder. And after I went through the traditional paths of Western medicine, they said, you know, basically they threw up their hands and said, you know, you're going to be on Prozac and Ritalin for the rest of your life and we can't do anything more than treat the symptoms. And I said, forget it. I need a better answer. And I found a better answer, you know, but that's, there were all these, you know, it was what led up to those kinds of things, you know, the tumors, the uh, life-saving dream I talked about, you know, things that I wouldn't have paid attention to if I hadn't had these signposts along the way. I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. I, 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 and as we've noticed over the last three or four years, um, I'm not asking you about what is right and what is wrong. Um, yeah. Do you feel like, are we having healthy enough conversations when it comes to the contrasts of mainstream medicine and alternative medicine? Um, because I feel like that there's a lot of things that go beyond the science aspect that kind of get baked into um, these conversations. And as you mentioned, I think the idea is whenever someone has a malady or a problem, you want to seek out the solution, whatever that may be. But are we having an, enough healthy conversations about it to, to make it accessible to people that that maybe need whatever treatment it takes, right? Whatever treatment it takes is what we should be what we should be following. Yeah, I I don't think so. And and to you know answer an earlier question that you posed that I didn't get to, which was the whole idea of I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything, right? Um, I'm not going to miss a meal. I'm not trying to start a new religion. I just know that there's some things that have really, really enhanced my life and it, it deepened my appreciation for the world around us. And it's that kind of thing that I want to open people's eyes to. And so, you know, as a very specific example to answer your current question, uh, you know, are we having the, enough conversations? I'm very open to all this, obviously. And and people know that I'm open to it and, it, and I've been very public about it. But what was interesting is, Take a really simple thing, not one of the life-threatening things that I had, but a very simple thing. A couple of years ago, when my dad was dying, I had a nerve, uh, a nerve issue in my hand. And everybody's like, oh, it's your neck, it's your neck. You know, it's, you know, if your hand is tingling, it's your neck. And, and I was inclined to go along with that. And I went to neurologists and all that stuff. But the interesting thing is, I had a meeting with a friend of mine who is a gifted intuitive. And I asked her. I said, you know, and she, her first reaction was, I'm not intended to give medical information. I said, okay, I get that. I said, I'm not doing this in lieu of a doctor's appointment, but is there anything that I should know that would help me get it treated? And she said, she thought about it and she checked in with her guide and she said, yeah, it isn't your neck at all. It's your shoulder blade. And so I passed that information along to the neurologist, to the uh, chiropractor and Interestingly, to my physical therapist at the time, who was very open to intuitive, she and I used to talk about psychics all the time. They all ignored it because of the source. Now, if I had said, you know, my mistake was revealing the source of the information, but why is this important? Because a year later or nine months later, uh, 
I'm sitting at the physical therapist and they're like, hey, you know, your insurance is running out. We haven't made the progress on your case that we thought we would. We need to do an evaluation. And this is a different PT. And so she starts evaluating me and she rubs my shoulder right here. And she goes, what do you get when I do that? And I said, well, I've got a knot there, but I've always had it. She goes, it's not a knot. It's a bone. And I said, I didn't think there was a bone there. She goes, there isn't supposed to be. Come to find out my shoulder blade was out of place. That's what was causing the nerve issue. You know, and so, you know, all of these medical professionals ignored. I told them where to look and they didn't do it because of the source of the information. Right. And look, I'm not we're I think we're being both very firm about not advocating that we know exactly where the right and the wrong is or what, you know, what the path is. I I think the point is, is that um, to have these conversations and to have them be healthy, it allows people to at least try and exhaust all different avenues. And for your particular case, it led you down an avenue that found a solution. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if that's sometimes what it takes, um, I. You know, that's a part of me that kind of worries it a little bit about about uh, I want to ask you, um, if I may, um, yeah. if this spoils the book, that's OK. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was the dream that saved your life? OK, so a couple of years ago, uh, I was working out at East Bank Club. I'm in the gym. I leave and then uh, I started to get a cramp right here. And I, you know, because I work out all the time, I just thought it was a regular muscle spasm. Sure. I go to the, uh, I had an appointment with the doctor who operated on me last week for an injection in my ankle. And I said, you know, hey, I got a question for you. I said, if the, uh, my ankle is bone on bone, I said, why is the pain half, you know, partway up my leg? He goes, that's referral pain. He goes, like, if you were having a heart attack, I was like, oh, okay. So then I go later in the morning, my dentist sent me to an endodontist for a 360 x-ray because he was concerned about a tooth that he couldn't quite tell if it was cracked. And the the guy asked me, he goes, does that tooth hurt? And I said, that one does not, but the one immediately below it will occasionally hurt from time to time. And he looks at me and he goes, that's referral pain. I'm like, okay, why am I hearing about referral pain twice in one day? Oh, but what had happened before all that was I had awakened that morning from a dream. And in the dream, I'm standing on the edge of a, a ocean. There's a lifeguard next to me and the water is really rough, but there had just been a storm, obviously. And it was kind of calm that, at that point. And he telepathically communicates to me. He says, he goes, don't be fooled by the calm. It's going to get worse. And then he turns around and he starts running at top speed. And I'm like, well, okay, if the lifeguards are running away from the water at top speed, I am too. So I turn around and I, I just about catch up to him. There's a huge wall to my left and it's like 50 feet high. It's got the big bricks, you know, like the cinder block things. Um, and they're they're huge. And then in between them, you can see seaweed. By the time I caught up to the wall, this wave crashes into the wall. It blocks 90% of the water and 10% gets through and you can see seaweed on the other side. So I'm, I wake up and I'm really like disturbed by the dream because I'm like, what was that all about? Especially the, t- the telepathy part. Uh, Because that doesn't happen in dreams very often. And uh, so as I go through the day, uh, this thing calmed down. But then I had a client meeting in the afternoon. I got up and I was going to go to uh, Gringo's for uh, shrimp tacos. I'm walking up the street and this came back. And I'm standing on the corner of Grand and Ogden. And I know it sounds very dramatic, but it's exactly what happened. And when it came back, the dream came immediately to me. And I so I checked in with my intuition. I just silently looked up and said, is this something I need to get checked or can I go get my shrimp tacos? And the, the immediate answer came back. You need to get that checked right now. So I jump in an Uber, go to the urgent care. I explained 
that I was having an issue and, and that I wanted to get it checked. And they brought me right in. She looks at me and she goes, your heart's not getting enough oxygen. You need to go to the ER right now. And when I got there, they said the left wall of my heart, the artery was 90% blocked. Exactly yeah. like the dream. The dream, the wall was on the left and it was blocking 90% yeah. of the water. I kid you not, if I had not had that dream, I would have ignored this. I had more discomfort walking around on my ankle than I had from this. This was nothing. I mean, people talk about like, you know, crippling chest pain, zero. And they looked at me and at the time I was in much better shape. The cardiologist, in the, he had all his students with him and they, they were very open to the dream and the story. He wanted people to hear it. And they're like, wow, this guy's got no risk factors. And somebody's like, wow, he's got stomach muscles. And it was like, they couldn't believe that I had just had a heart attack. Oh my gosh. Um, that's, that's incredible. Um, it is also incredible when, you know, you have those dreams and, you know, even after 30 seconds, the, the details dissipate, right? But then you have those sometimes that are so visceral or the imagery is so powerful yeah. that it hangs with you in these sequences um are you a guy that likes to uh do you dive in do you interpret dreams because i dream about i dream about oceans and i i have dreams about tidal waves all the time and there is stress and there's tension involved but i'm not stressed so what is it about the ocean do you know i don't know exactly what well, i do know that water in general tends to represent emotion so i've had a lot of i was a springboard diver in high school and i've had a lot of dreams about diving and one of the people who helped me with that said, she goes, you're literally not diving into your emotions. That's what that dream is all about. Uh, because I was having a hard time getting off the board. In the ocean in general, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know how to interpret dreams to that yeah. level. Um, but the um, there are, you know, if you Google it, there's actually some interesting information. And a lot of it does tend to correspond. Sometimes if you find it's contradictory, you know, just trust your intuition and say, which of these resonates you know, which, which makes the most sense. Um, right. But that's interesting that you have that because, and good that you're paying attention to it because that that's exactly what the book is about is to try to get people at the end of every chapter, I have a little section called putting it into practice and it asks questions like that, you know, about, are you paying attention to this? What signs have you seen? You know, when you have dreams, do you have recurring dreams? You know, that kind of, you know, those kinds of questions to get people to think about it. Yeah. When I, I have a specific recurring dream and I think it's just, um, I think it's a. I think it leans towards the tendency of my grander traits as my personality, um, yeah. and I just try and like kind of work through it, through there. But again, I don't really know what they mean all the time, and the ocean is always usually involved in them. Um, so my big question for you, with this and, and through, the journey of you writing um, a track within, following your inner compass, you can get available anywhere now, um, and you can also get available audio only. Um, through Amazon and other channels too as well. So my biggest question for you is, as we're walking towards the end of 2023, we're walking into 2024, um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Again, I'm, I'm a generation that kind of grew up through the 90s. I got the internet introduced to me um, at a bit of a formative age, but I lived many, many years without it. Um, so when you're talking about intuition, dialing into it, focusing on it, recognizing it, and acknowledging it within your own self, you have any have any tips and tricks or any things that you've learned over the years through all of the noise that we have in our world today? And look, it's kind of impossible to escape. Um, and a part of it is a part of it is now uh, embedded into how we function um, as a society through commerce and, and, and all different kinds of ways. So so how have you been able to handle that? How do you try and remind yourself to dial into your intuition when there is just so much noise and stimulus in the world right now? 
So love that as a uh, thing to think about because there's a couple of things that come to mind. First, literally just stopping and asking the question, like I did on that street corner that afternoon, you know, is to often enough to be able to get, you know, to let um, spirit world, if you will, know that you're open to that and that you're open to guidance because uh, there is a sense that you can only be helped if you ask for it. Uh, and so, you know, the interesting thing about intuition that I've found is that the more that you pay attention to it, the more that you get signs and signals about it. You know, it's the people who don't pay attention and ignore it who you know don't get a lot. But that's because it's like a muscle that if you haven't been using it, you know, you're, you're not going to get it. The only two times that will lead you astray is when you're dealing with fear or greed. Uh, you know, but generally beyond that, you know, you can trust it and, and it's getting in the habit of trusting it and then acting on it when you get it, because it's not enough to get an intuitive hit, ignore it and go, oh, wow, I really should have paid attention to that because you're not exactly communicating to the universe that you're open to, to following it if you're not doing anything about it. It's only when you act on it that you start to get more of it. Uh, when you mention fear specifically. Do you find that maybe fear lends itself to inaction or fear sometimes lends itself to uh, is misaction, even the correct word? You know what I mean? Well, uh, uh, yeah. Interesting. Let me think about that. Uh, my my thought. And again, I don't claim to have all the answers, but I would say that it's probably more inaction because, you know, there's you probably heard the acronym fear and I didn't create this, but I like it. Fear means false evidence appearing real. Uh, hmm. you know, and so. We're, we're giving credence to something that we really shouldn't in most cases. And if you think about it, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, a, you know, a life-threatening example. I mean, we do it all the time. You know, you talk yourself out of asking a pretty woman out, you know, uh, because you, you're afraid that she's going to reject you or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of things that we do where that may not have been the case at all, but we convinced ourselves that that was, you know, that somehow we were putting ourselves at risk when in fact that wasn't true. Um, a couple more questions here for Rob Sullivan here on Bet on Chicago. We're here talking about his brand new book coming out of Trek Within, Following Your Inner Compass. Um, I, you know, I, I think for someone that's looking into walk into the new year and if they're looking to either make some changes in their life or even better, refine the things that are great about them, make them sharper and more efficient. I think this is a fantastic book to pick up. Um, Rob, when we're talking about that, I, I, I want to ask you, is there a section of the book that maybe we haven't talked about that um, gives you the most pride or maybe warms warms your heart or um is, and it doesn't even have to be from you maybe there's an anecdote that something happened to you that someone gave you the gift of, of feeling that the, that way when you look at the large swath of the book is there a section there that 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 lights up to you yeah uh there's a couple but the one one that comes to mind in uh and thank you for asking that is that uh there's on this section where we talk or i talk about angels and you know the angels that come into our lives and there's you know they come in a lot of different ways the one that, um, it's not that I'm proud of it, but I love the fact that I had had the experience. I was a volunteer at Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago for 34 years from you know junior year of high school until just a couple of years ago uh, when I moved out of the country. And the there were a couple of stories in there about, and obviously I had to change the names and the details for confidentiality reasons, but there were a number of little kids who had had a really big impact on me because they were some of the first people first little kids that I'd worked with there who had died while they were, you know, because of their, you know, conditions and whatnot. And there was one little girl, uh, and I, I still light up when I think about her, uh, and her name was Annabelle, uh, and she 
she came to me like literally the day she died. I knew it because I was walking up Fullerton and it was, I, I still remember it was a beautiful afternoon. It was like three in the afternoon. And I felt like I just gotten this huge hug. Um, and the, the message that, you know, seemed to be coming through was thank you for being my friend. And when I got to the hospital that week, um, my supervisor looked at me and she said, we got some sad news this week. I said, yeah, she died, didn't she? And she's like, yeah, how did you know that? I said, it was Saturday around three o'clock. And she looked at me with wide eyes and she said, how did you know that? It's like, I just knew. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Uh, well, so this kind of, I think this kind of leads to the final topic that I wanted to get involved with you because you're bringing up something that, look, you know, Rob, this is the second time you've been on my show. You know what I mean? We haven't, we haven't shook hands or, uh, you know, had a cup of coffee together or anything like that. But honestly, I, 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 I just, I love, I love your energy, man. And I, I love your social media presence um, gives away a couple of things. Uh, the first one is I think that you are a fantastic supporter of others. Um, I think that you constantly think of others when they're either going through trials or tribulations or through success. And as you mentioned, you ask people to help uh, visualize and positively influence through energy other people's lives and other uh, other people around you. Um, and I greatly, greatly appreciate that about you. Um, I think that's so wonderful. And my last topic is I've been thinking about this a lot. And I personally, if we want to get I, I, I have a spiritual side. If we want to work on the religious side or whatever, I kind of have some elements of Buddhist tendencies of I try and accept the concept of no matter what, every day of your life, you have to live through a version of suffering, right? Like, I mean, honestly, like taking a poop is a version of suffering. Like we, <laughs> if I had my choice, I wouldn't do it every day. And yet I do. And I've been working through this concept and I want to ask you about it of, um, and I think a lot of people talk about it. My friends in my life talk about, we wake up sometimes feeling very stressed. Um, stress hits us sometimes from the moment that we open up our eyes in the day. And I can only imagine for other people out there with families, uh, two jobs, all sorts of different kinds of struggles and strifes in life. And I've been reading about something that's called like a recognized gate. And the recognized gate is that if you can recognize that you're stressed in the morning, it is actually the pathway that opens up towards focus. Um, and you have to walk through that gate, whether you like it or not. So you could either stand outside banging on the gate, being mad that you're stressed or you can't. So uh, my question for you is how do you try and um, deal with stress in your life? Um, how do you try and create that balance a little bit? And uh, how do you attach what you consider intuition to try and work through different stresses that I think a lot of people feel in life? Are there any, any tips that maybe you try and employ in your life that other people can listen to and maybe employ into theirs? Yeah, I'll tell you, the best advice I ever got was not from an intuitive or alternative healer or anything like that. It was from a regular old psychologist that my dad sent to me one, uh, sent me to one time. And I still remember I was at the beginning phases of building my business and my entrepreneurial journey. And I was, I had a bit of a victim mentality going on because I was stressed. I was stressed about money. I was stressed about a lot of different things. And he looked at me and he said something I never forgot. And it's, it's a reminder that I give myself when I'm feeling stressed because he said, you know, Rob, he said, your issue is, he said, when you get like this, he said, you need to look in the mirror and say, I chose this. And he's exactly right. I chose the entrepreneurial journey. I could have stayed at Leo Burnett and worked in advertising. I could have stayed at the board of trade and continued to be a trader. I could have done all that, but I made a different choice. And once you make that choice, you can't turn around and say, oh, you know, it's not going my way. You know, life sucks because you're whining, you know, in that moment. It's like, okay, I chose it. 
And then I found that really empowering because then the, the next question is, okay, well, what do I do about it? You know, I'm here. I wanted this. I do want this, you know, reaffirming that I want it. Um, and that's a key thing because it was, you know, even this is just reminding me of, I had seen an interview with a couple that had been married for 65 years and somebody asked them to what do you attribute the success of your marriage? And they looked at the interviewer and said, every day we wake up and we choose to be together. And I love that because, you know, it is, it doesn't always have to be about stress, but life is a choice. Are you sitting there saying I chose it? Or are you sitting there saying this sucks? And, you know, what am I going to do? Because that to me is the single biggest uh, uh, thing because it really got me out of the complaining mode. Um, and it's still, you know, I still slide into it. I'm not pretending I don't, but when I get there, that's how I get out. Yeah. And that's, I love that you say that because I, I feel like sometimes uh, there's a part of it where I, I, the whininess in me goes, well, why do I have to feel so stressed? You know what I mean? Why am I even feeling, why am I being bothered with this version of stress when really it's a byproduct of the things that I love and that I'm striving and trying to do. And you just have to work through that byproduct. And I've been thinking about walking through that gate every single day and let's get onto the focus and let's get onto the fun and let's, let's move off of this, this stressful thing that I'm feeling in the morning. That's how I'm trying to work through it personally. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. And I love the concept of a gate because that has the forward motion attached to it. It doesn't have the, I'm sitting here on my sofa on my hands, hoping things get better. Yeah. It's like leaving the stress outside. You're walking into your own amusement park of your own life. And it, you stay outside, you wake up outside of the gate and you have to choose to walk through. Um, and that's where the stress lives out there. It's the, I guess that's the kind of the concept that that's going on there. Um, Rob Sullivan, uh, before you go, I just want to hear, um, any, any final, um, any final thoughts about a trek within following your inner compass, um, that you'd like to give out to our audience. And of course, uh, you know, if, if I missed any, uh, any particular way that they can go out and get the book, cause I also highly recommend it and, uh, congratulations. It's awesome. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think they, um, I mean, there's so much I can say, but the, what I'd leave it at is, you know, first of all, for your listeners, trust your intuition, you know, for some of you, it may speak to you. Great. And if it doesn't, you know, don't force yourself to wade through something that, you know, don't, don't suffer voluntarily. Uh, but the, uh, what I would say also, you know, to get a sense of whether that's going to work, go to a truck within, there's a sample chapter that's free and you can listen to the audio free, um, you know, the, the, you know, a, a sample of the audio. So you can, you know, check that out and then ask your intuition. This is something I want to give a shot to. I love it so much. Rob, are you a sports fan? Uh, I am. Yeah. More so just because my great granddad and great uncle played uh, ball for the White Sox. Oh, so yeah. you're a baseball guy. Yeah. Any thoughts on Shohei Otani getting $700 million? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, good for him is all yeah. I can say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm happy to help him spend it. <laughs> Get stuck. Yeah. That's, that's a hell of a compass right there. That's a pretty good one. Uh, $700 million. Um, Rob Sullivan, uh, thank you so much for coming on to bet on Chicago. The book is called a trek within following your inner compass. Uh, please go out and check it out today. I think also as an audio only, um, it's a great way to get through the holidays too, as well. It's a great stocking stuffer. It's a great gift. Um, and even beyond that, even when the holidays are over into 2024, I can't imagine a, um, a scenario where it wouldn't be able to be helpful. Uh, Rob, man, so great to see you. I'm sorry it's been such a long time, man. Uh, we have to do this again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I own part of that because think about all the you know delays I had with the book. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not going to be a prerequisite next time. <laughs> 
and, cool. and, uh, I appreciate that. and much and much health and happiness to, to you and yours uh to the end of this year i know you just had a surgery I, I you told me before the podcast you're feeling good but again continued health to you and yours in 2024 uh you as well thank you sir Today's episode is presented by betonline.ag. 50% welcome components on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We might have one more episode coming before the end of the year. Happy holidays, everyone. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other, especially during this time of year. We will be back soon. And remember, when in doubt, always and always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.